Technology has the capability of being divisive and um, I think there's always a struggle. You can hear and read about Elon Musk talk about AI as being the greatest threat you know, to mankind coming up. A lot of uh, news journalism that talks about technology and its impact on people. I think um, the approach that I see technology is if you always keep the person, the user, at the center of what you're trying to design, you get a tremendous result because you're actually helping them. When you start using technology or any other form of, of science to um, better your own pocketbook or to sell things to people or to change their behavior uh, for your benefit, not theirs, uh, then, then you start getting into this gray area of whether or not this is something that is actually useful and good. So uh, in, in healthcare, for example, if, if you uh, utilize uh, technology to engage people um, for wellness and uh, to change their behavior to understand the quality of life that they could experience if they just changed a few, made some lifestyle changes or were persistent or give them encouragement to, to continue their journey. That's very powerful. Uh, if you use it so that you can sell more product to them, um, that's not very useful. So we see that in the pharmaceutical industry where now you have this um, concern about opioids and, and people saying, okay, all these painkillers are um, flourishing and uh, they're being prescribed without uh, much constraint and they're affecting people's lives. Well, if I were to build an avatar that would help uh, sell more painkillers, that probably wouldn't be a good use. But the fact is that, you know, there are painkillers that are a very important part of uh, recovery and for people who need those, that's what you need to do. So. Technology um, as a isolation factor um, where everybody is sitting down looking at their iPhones uh, at the dinner table uh, is also a society uh, issue. If you raise your child and say you do not get your iPhone or your phone uh, to the table and you're going to have a, a normal conversation with your parents and you start that at an early age then, then you're okay. Uh, if, you, if you don't emphasize that the one-to-one, -one, the person-to-person -person communication at the dinner table is about family. Um, then you end up with four kids sitting there all looking at their iPhones and not only is nobody talking but they realize that they're chatting with each other um, just right at that table because it's a lot easier mom and dad don't hear what you're saying. <laughs> Human responsibility can't ever be removed and, and I think robots and AI are um, augmented or helpers in our society and they're not um, replacements. So uh, for, for people who worry about, well, am I not gonna have a doctor or am I not gonna have um, uh, this person-to-person -person interaction, I, I think that doesn't take place in, in my vision of the world. Um, but there are a lot of tasks that are routine, there are a lot of tasks that um, AI can do better because it's consistent, it listens, uh, all of us as human beings have our senses, but some senses are better than others uh, in each of us. And um, in a robot or a um, artificial intelligence avatar, uh, you have the ability to, to be very consistent and, and that's good. There's also the sense of um, not having judgment, uh, passing judgment. So when you want judgment, you have a human being, but when you don't want passing judgment on somebody, you want a robot. So I think uh, technology and uh, artificial intelligence 
will help us considerably, just like robots in, in dangerous jobs um, uh, have helped us. Uh, can you imagine sending a person to defuse a bomb versus a robot to defuse a bomb? Big difference, right? Uh, and nobody would argue that you want to send you know, your kid out there to be the one. Um, so that's, those are the types of things where I think even with artificial intelligence, we'll be able to do things that uh, people probably aren't best suited for. It's a very good question about why, how do you, how do you compare uh, training humans versus training machines or avatars and justify the uh, effort. So um, if, you, if you think about um, teaching a surgeon how to do surgery and you, in, in you know, history, you ended up having people learning on live bodies, right? You cut them open, you see the organs. Um, can you imagine doing that today? You wouldn't. Um, today we, we train uh, surgeons with robotics and we do real surgery with robotics because it's far more precise and less painful. So there is this concept of simulation that says uh, we can learn, it's a great learning environment, but more important, once you, once you perfect it, in a way it's a good environment for you to actually do some of the things that you asked human beings to do. So think about your best teacher and being able to have that teacher teach you 10 subjects and what are the qualities that that teacher that made them the best teacher. There wasn't the knowledge, it was how they imparted the knowledge to you, how they learned uh, how to teach you the way you learn. Now take that teacher and be able to use that as a coach and um, use that in many aspects of your life. Uh, it'd be very hard to find enough people in your life to be able to emulate all of that. So um, being able to take the best and using that as a standard and helping you expand that to other areas of your life is really what we do.